Welcome to Time for Hope, a faith-based mental health program. Join our host, certified clinical mental health counselor and Christian psychotherapist, Dr. Frida Cruz, and her guests as they discuss real-life issues and offer expert clinical advice and solid biblical application for any and all life situations. Now here's the host of Time for Hope, Dr. Frida Cruz. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Time for Hope. I'm Dr. Frida Cruz, your host, and today as my guest, I would like to welcome author, radio broadcaster, seminary professor, and former pastor, Dr. Steve Brown. Today, Steve and I will be discussing his book titled, Three Free Sins, subtitle, God's Not Mad at You. While the title may appear brash, its underlying concept is certainly biblically centered. Steve's book is peppered with humorous tales and personal testimonies that he has collected in over 25 years in his role in various Christian ministries. Today, Steve and I will be discussing the misguided obsession with the management of sin that cripples too many Christians. It's about the perspective that religion is all about sin, including how to hide your sin or how to stop sinning altogether. You will want to stay tuned as Steve and I go deeper into his book to confirm that in and through Jesus Christ and His blood that we can be forgiven and free for all of our sins, not just three, and how this hope is available to you. And Steve, I failed to mention about your 600 radio uh, stations you're <laughs> on and the Key Life ministry that you had. Well, people can go to our website. It's www.keylife.org and they can find out everything. We have over a million hits on that every 12 months. Wow. And that's gonna double over the next 12 months. So go there and you can read a lot of different blogs, watch a lot of different videos. And I'm on that too on occasion. So yeah. keylife.org, thank you for asking. I saw that you sent ahead that, uh, some of those that uh, you sent. I, the, the book, of course, when I saw three free sins, I thought, what are people going to think when <laughs> I am talking about a book and with someone that has written this book on three free, which is very difficult to say, three free sins, by the way, and um, then God's not mad at you. And to me, that that is worth reading the book to find out that God is not mad yeah. at us when we do fail, when we do sin, so when true. we uh, whatever. Uh, he's not. He's like the prodigal father. He's he, he's waiting on us to uh, come to oh, him yes. for forgiveness, isn't he? Oh yes. And Dr. Frieda, doctrinally and biblically, there are two doctrines that have been at the very heart of the Christian faith. One is justification, that when Christ died on the cross mm. and said it was finished, it was finished. Every sin you've ever committed, ever will commit, or committing right now is covered. The blood of Christ covers it. And then the second doctrine is, well, there are three. It's called imputation. 
and that is that the righteousness of Christ has been imputed, placed in our account. So the writer of Hebrews says we can go boldly into the, yes, because we're perfect. He looks at us as perfect. And then the third is adoption, that he has made us his own. And that means that sin is no longer the issue. You, uh, you're a very free person and you understand this, but I think, and I told you this off the air, if I'd had it to do over again, I would have titled this book something else. <laughs> People immediately read it and think I'm far sin, and I'm not. No, and we want, I have viewers that need to know that we're not saying that, oh, no. and we're not, uh, saying it's okay to sin and, Not at and all. Uh, that God, uh, you know, uh, doesn't hate sin. He hates sin. He says he even hates divorce. I mean, he sometimes names the things that he hates, and um, he doesn't. Uh, that's what. That's why he had to send his son because and somebody exactly. had to intervene. Because we're not good people. We're not good people. And, and sin isn't sin because it's nasty. It's because it hurts us because it destroys families. And that's why, that's what the law and the commandments that's are right. all about. People don't understand that. If you look at them and go through them, guess what they're doing? They're protecting us from hurt so and pain. True. So true. I often say in places, if you're not a Christian, you ought to get something out of this sermon that's helpful. So listen to the old guy. If you will do your best to live the way the Bible says to live, you will be happier, you'll sleep better, and your life will be better. And you say, I don't believe the Bible. Well, I'm not your mother, I don't care what you believe, but if you'll do what I say, you'll rise up and call me blessed because of what you just said. So sin, sin is not pretty, it's awful, and we're not for it. No, and those that have uh, f fallen, and some fall deeper into sin oh, than yeah. others, and we, we admit that, and those that have fallen deeply into sin and are redeemed, and that's another yeah. name we have that you talk about uh, in one of your books, um, that um, they will tell you how painful, oh, it's how awful. painful that pit is. That and 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 we are delivered from a pit of darkness, a pit so of pain, true. when we come to know Jesus Christ. Let me tell you why, where that title came from. It started as a joke. I do a talk show on about 180 stations, and I, uh, in those days, we were doing it daily. And we had a comedy writer, and the comedy writer said, you know what would be fun? If the blood of Christ is sufficient, when a Christian calls, give them three free sins. And if they call on a cell phone, we'll give them six free sins. Well, it was a joke. And then one lady called, and she said, Steve, I love this show, but that's blasphemous. I hate that free sin. I said, all right, I'll give you four, but I'm not going any higher. And that made her madder. And then the producer got on and said, lady, get a life. Steve can't give free sins, it's a joke. Well, we ended up putting three apples on our website. And if you clicked it, you could send free sins to your friends. But it was an evangelistic thing. It would say, uh, if you're not a Christian, you have to pay for your own sins. 
Um, and so, and we also, Dr. Frida, we put, we put a little Playboy bunny on our, on our website. And if you click that Playboy bunny, it took you to Campus Crusade for Christ. <laughs> and Jesus said, Steve, you got to take that down. And I said, why? It's funny. He said, it's funny, but it lacks integrity. Yes. So the whole title of the book is not because I think sin is okay. It's not. It's because I think sin is covered. It and the, wasn't free to God. No, it cost him his son. It cost him his son. And I saw the movie Risen. Oh, was that a great oh, movie? Oh, was it ever a great movie. Yeah. And when you see what our Lord, oh. uh, they so portrayed what he went through in those final yeah. hours. And, uh, you know, you don't get away from that. No, and you it's don't. not free because it costs God so much. No, and I, I know when I came to know the Lord that I felt it was so personal to me until it was as if I was the only one he died for. Oh, me too. But after that, the reason we don't get better is that the devil has made us obsessive about what has already been taken care of. And so all we do is sit around. I never met a Christian who didn't want to be better than he or she was. The problem is they're getting worse because we're obsessive about being good. Let me give you a principle, and we're going to have to break pretty soon, but let me give you a principle that's a major principle of the book. The only people who get better are people who know that if they don't get better, Jesus will still love them. That's beautiful, Steve. That is uh, beautiful. And it's as we center uh, on Christ and what he has done for us, yes. uh, our getting better is because of him, not right. us. We and it's, of course, and it's not the issue. It, when we obsess on Jesus, Paul says, we are constrained by the love of Christ. By the love of Christ. I am better, but it's not because I think God's going to punish me. He won't. He'll never turn away from me. He'll always be my father. But I can't find anybody who'll love me the way he does. And I want to please him because of that love. I don't have to, but I want to. And that, Dr. Frida, is how I became a spiritual giant. Yes, <laughs> I can remember when I was teaching uh, across the country, uh, I, one of the uh, illustrations I would use when we, uh, as a, God is our Heavenly Father, uh, was as a child of his when we are in pain and hurting and uh, so forth, uh, what it's like as it were to crawl up in his lap like we would with our oh, earthly yeah. father That's and so allow him to comfort and, uh, you know, uh, comfort us in his, because the Bible is very clear and plain oh. about the love and compassion of oh, God. But we don't believe it. We really think he knows our secrets, and so he's really angry at me, and he'll destroy me. So the last thing in the world I want to do is to go to a holy God, when in fact, that's exactly the way you described it. 
If now, if you're not a believer, you can't do that. No, you can't you do can't that. We're talking about believers here. We are here. talking about yeah. believers, just uh, absolutely. And uh, you can't just sin. And you're talking about some sins being free or all of them before it's over. Uh, you can't sin just so you can get forgiveness and sin again. No, That's Paul, not what it's about, no, is it? Nor do you want to. You don't want to. I, you know, I've told you before that I want to please God more than anybody you ever meant. So I don't, my problem is not in the desire. It's how do I get any better? And I get better by being loved. Love in response to goodness is not love. It's reward. The only way you can experience love is not to deserve it. And once you've experienced it, then you can love him and uh, because you can't love until you've been loved and then only to the degree to which you have been loved. Unconditional love. That's what right? it is, Un absolutely. Unconditional uh, love uh, and uh, it's, uh, I, we could get carried away just talking about oh, that. Yeah. And uh, that's what the book is about. It's yeah. not about free sins. It's about a God who loves his people. You know, uh, my father, uh, you would have liked him. Everybody did, but he was a drunk. And he was, and he did a lot of bad things. He was a gambler. I read about that in one of your yeah, books. Well, yeah, well, and I think the reason, but he loved me without exception. He didn't think there was a party unless I was there and my brother. I used to deliver papers in, early in the morning and we used to steal cherry pies. In those days, they would put the food outside the supermarkets and then pick it up when they opened. They can't do that anymore. But we used to steal cherry pies. And, and Dr. Frieda, you don't know this, but stolen cherry pies taste a lot better than the ones you buy. <laughs> well, we would be folding our papers and the other guys would be saying, you know, if my father finds out about this, he'll kill me. Other would say, you know, if my daddy finds out, I'm history. And I would think if my father finds out, he'll love me. And that's worse. That'll hurt more than the spanking. And he did. He loved me without condition. And um, that's, and when I read that Jesus said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts yes. to your children, how much more your father in heaven. And I thought, I've got it made in the shade. If God loves me one-fifth as much as my drunk father loves me, then I never am going to worry about it again. That's good to go out on there telling me it's time for a break, and we'll be right back. It is a bit daring to even think of being like Jesus Christ, but the word Christian actually originated with Christ followers being called little Christ. We can never be like Jesus Christ in his essence because he was the Son of God, being co-essential and co-substantial with the Creator God. 
but behaviorally we can strive to become more and more like him by imitating him. The scriptures actually exhort us to clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. A bracelet that was popular a few years back asked the question, what would Jesus do? And if we truly want to be like God's son, then this is a very good question to ask ourselves about any situation that arises. But this is where our flesh and spirit draw the battle line. Our fleshly nature will generally choose to do what pleases or pampers its desires or needs, while our spirit, in cooperation with the Holy Spirit of God, will prompt us to do what Jesus would do in our homes, at work, and in our relationships. A case in point is forgiveness. When someone has wounded or injured us, our natural tendency is to seek revenge or ways to get even. When Jesus would say, forgive them, this in no way means that he is soft on offenders. In fact, he taught that we are all accountable to the Creator God when we wound and injure others. So, to imitate Jesus Christ, we must release those who offend us to be called into account by God himself. To resemble Christ, which he really expects us to do, we need the fruit of his Holy Spirit to enable us to become people of truth, integrity, prayer, and authenticity who seek to live in obedience to our Heavenly Father. The fruit of God's Spirit are found in Galatians 5, verses 22 through 23, and are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Practicing these behaviors will prove powerful in any environment and can inspire others to desire to know how we behave as we do. And eventually this can provide an opportunity for us to point them to our Savior. Jesus Christ, God's Son, impacted the world like no one else ever has. And when we become like Him, we will impact the lives of those around us, bringing the kingdom of God near. Thanks for staying with us on Time for Hope. My guest for today is Dr. Steve Brown, and we're talking about his book, Three Free Sins. I don't think I've given the subtitle of it. The reason we're so bad is that we're trying so hard to be good. And that would might be difficult to understand, so I'm going to ask Steve to, to explain what he means here. Well, you as a psychotherapist understand what obsessive means in a technical sense. What we have done as Christians is become obsessive about sin. It's all we talk about. You would think that the job description of a preacher is to make people better and better. Well, if I tried that, I did that for a lot of years in the pulpit. I, I wouldn't have said it that way, but I felt that my job description was to keep people from sinning. And I realized very early on, I wasn't doing very good. <laughs> they kept sinning. And then I realized that's not the issue. 
the, the issue, we are called to be holy. We're called to be obedient. We're called to be faithful. But we're doing it the wrong way. We're, we're obsessing about something that's already been taken care of on the cross. Plus, thinking that we can do it. Oh, and thinking that we can do it. If the, in, the only person who knows they can't be good are people who have tried hard to be. Because you, I've tried. Oh, Dr. Frieda, all my life, I'm a Bible teacher. I'm ordained. I've worked hard at this. I've, I've done everything you can do, and sometimes I'm worse. And then got, there's that old joke about the preacher that went out on the golf course, and he hit the golf ball and duffed it, and a squirrel came up and kicked it halfway down the freeway, and then an eagle came down and picked up the golf ball and dropped it on the green, and a rabbit came up and kicked it into the hole. <laughs> And, and the, the pastor said, Father, I'd rather do it myself. Well, that's what we say to God. God, I'd rather do it myself because if you do it, I owe you, and I don't want to owe you. But what if God said, be still. Let me hug you. I one time had a lady, a young lady, come into my office, and she didn't even knock. No, no respect for the clergy. <laughs> she said... Pastor, I went to a Bible study last night, and I heard something you'll use. And I said, what was it, Sarah? She said, I found out you can't hug a stiff kid. And I said, that is good. I had teenagers at the time. And I don't know if you ever tried to hug a teenager who's sullen, but it's like hugging a telephone pole. And I said, that's good. And I went back to my book thinking she would leave, but she stayed there. And she said, I learned something else. And I said, what else did you learn? She said, I went to babysit right after the Bible study for a little two-year-old. And he'd been playing, and the dirtiest kid I've ever seen had been playing in a mud hole. And when I walked into his room, he lifted up his arms to be hugged. And I found out that it's easier to hug a dirty kid than it is to hug a stiff kid. That's so true. Most of the things that I go through and you go through and our, our viewers go through um, that are painful, it's just Jesus bringing us to the end of ourselves. And when we get to the end of ourselves and say, I can't do this, and if you really love me, you would fix me. And Jesus always says, I do, and I will, yes. and he does. Yes. And we've already laid it out very clearly and plainly that sin was not free to God. No. It's, it's oh. free to us if we're in Christ. Yes. yes. And we aren't free to sin uh, and ask forgiveness so that we can sin again. No, people we that do that are probably not Christians. We haven't mentioned the word repentance when it comes to sin. Let me tell you what repentance is. Repentance is not changing. I used to think that... No, it's not making a 180-degree turn, No, it? no. I'm a pilot, and I know what it means to make a 180-degree Yeah, of course you do. Turn. It's for, for, our, for our viewers, repentance is from a Greek word. Oh, I was a pilot. I, I know. Okay. And the Greek word is metanoia. We're going to end with this. But this is a good biblical definition. It's an attitude thing. Repentance is knowing who you are, who God is, what you've done, 
going to him and agreeing with him. And Christians live lives of repentance. That's where our power is. At that point, the ball is in his court. And then he does the work. That's how I became so wonderful. Yes. And, <laughs> and if you believe answers, that, you'll that believe anything. There's a question. Why can't we all get along? We're talking about uh, at church when some think they're better than others and they have judged God. Uh, G- even Jesus, I believe, said, judge not lest you be judged. He did. We, we can't pass judgment, can no. we? We well, are to be there ready to hug well, if they need someone so to hug. And I'm worse than anybody I know. Why would I want to throw rocks at somebody else? Yes, yes. That's the gospel. Yes. That's what the Christian faith is about. Wonderful for me, too. uh, Thanks for having me. And I'm so glad that you were able to explain the title of your your books and and put the message that we've been able to put out on on these two shows. Lord bless you, Key Life Ministries, and uh, your wife and your family and uh, so forth. Have something to share with you. Um, from a, um, a viewer that reads, Dear Dr. Frieda, please pray for my husband. He is 59 and on drugs and alcohol. I do not understand why he is being driven by these evil desires. I am staying strong with God's help. And I love the fact she said that she, she was depending on the Lord to stay strong in this. And I would suggest if you're viewing um, that not only do you depend on God's help, but ask him to give you wisdom and direction as to how you are to handle this situation um, if it continues to be ongoing and what you would suggest to your husband and so forth. Um, And then um, I have an encouraging note. Dear Dr. Frieda, I really love the interviews you have with your guests, such as Dr. Brown, on Time for Hope. Thank you, and God bless you, and thank you for that, and may the Lord bless you. And let me also remind you that uh, this ministry goes across the world, and there are expenses involved, and I would encourage you to ask God what he would have you do to help us with those uh, expenses. Uh, And I also would encourage you to make sure that you join us in again next week on Time for Hope. Thank you for watching Time for Hope, a ministry of Hope for Living Media Church and Bible Study Time Incorporated. We offer a free fact sheet with more information on today's topic. Call or write us to get your copy today. The resource we are offering this week is available for a donation of at least $5 to the Time for Hope ministry. Any additional donation you wish to send will be greatly appreciated. Call us at 800-669-9133. Write us at Post Office Box 2169, Spartanburg, South Carolina, 29304. Or visit our website at timeforhope.org. As we continue to give out messages of hope, a financial gift of any amount to support the Time for Hope ministry will be greatly appreciated. When you send us a gift, you are joining in the ministry to which God has called us, and we greatly appreciate your teaming up with us in extending God's kingdom. 
Until next time, have a great week. And remember, it is time for hope.